The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports. They're incredible. I mean, it's just it's not usually in awe of teams that much, but I just can't help being in awe of Barcelona Femini. Like, they're just incredible. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Delighted to say we're joined on the line by uh, Go GA Chairman Paul Bellew. Paul, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, lads. I'm very well. And yourselves? Yeah, welcome back. Um, we, we talked to you about a year ago, I think, at this stage, um, when you'd pulled off the coup of, of getting Henry Shefflin to join. As uh, I, I think your role has changed in the meantime. Am I, did I miss a year? Or is that, that was last year, right? Yeah, I was chairperson of the hurling committee in Galway last year. We'd have a hurling and football committee, and then we'd have the county board. And uh, after that, uh, I got a notion to go a bit further afield there. And uh, so, yeah, first year as county chairperson, just put down. What's that experience like moving from being responsible for one of the two sports and then actually having to, you know, undo some of the, the unconscious bias that everybody has when they're looking after their own parish? Yeah, it's a, it's a fair shout. And there's always been a little bit of that in Galway. I think, you know, if you're a hurling background or you're a football background. And to me, it was always, always very overemphasized and, and didn't need to be. So it's actually went very well. Um, I've, I've made a strong commitment. I'm a Galway GA person, first and foremost. And, uh, everyone was treated equally and fairly. And look, we've, we've a great team with us as well. So I think that kind of, the divide is is going away the longer we go on and uh, I said everyone got treated equally be it financially uh, in every every way possible and that that is borne out but look it's both teams both management teams both boards everybody's working together now and that's that's what's important um did it help that you had kind of come through the ranks to see exactly what the difficulties had been and, and had gone through some difficult periods as well yeah, uh, yeah. I had two years done as hurling chairperson, a couple of years done for that as delegate. So I hadn't been haven't been around the longest, but I probably was there when when things weren't in the best position possible. So I had a fairly good understanding of it, and I think a fairly good understanding of what was required to move on. And I've always been very clear: there has been good work going on in Galway for three or four years. It, it probably just hadn't bubbled to the surface enough, and I think we had been pretty poor communication-wise, didn't help ourselves. That was one of the motivating factors for me, anyway, to get involved was, you know, we, we could do a lot better job in helping ourselves and showing what was actually happening. And I think in today's world, as you know better than everyone else, communication is key. And uh, and I think that that's that's coming out now. And that was part of the motivation for coming on last year was to talk about some of the, the funding around the hurlers in particular. You made a commitment that the hurling team in particular at that stage, because that was your, your bailiwick, uh, would, would not want for any funding. And lo and behold, the figures are absolutely backing up exactly the commitment you made. Both teams um, combined um, ended up costing the county board roughly over two million. But you've been very, very clear in where the money was spent and how it was spent. And... I think it's really welcome that this level of transparency is available to everybody to see. Absolutely. And, and there's nothing to hide. You know, I, you'll see, I will touch on it again in a couple of minutes. Everything we've produced in the last while has been upfront and open, even our sponsorship agreement. You know, you hear things at times about being commercially sensitive. Ourselves and Supermax made an agreement. We know what it is. Here's let, let, let the people see what it is. Similarly, on the spend, you know, it was always going to be a headline figure there, two million. We, we knew ourselves when it came in that 
that's going to grab headlines and grab attention. I made a commitment that Galway would be one of the best resource teams in hurling when that was my side of the house. When I came in, I said football would be the exact same. Uh, traditionally in Galway, the hurling would outspend the football. Uh, that has That's changed for the, for the first year ever. And obviously, reaching the All-Ireland final is a circumstance of that. Um, so we said we make no apologies for it. You know, we'll, we'll get the odd kick about it and the runaway train, you'll hear things like that. But the bottom line is, we played 49 inter-county games last year between under-20, under-17 and senior. Um, we won the All-Ireland minor. We got the All-Ireland football final. We were beaten by the eventual All-Ireland champions in every competition in hurling by a combined total of six points. You know, that's that's what it takes. Uh, you know, that that's where it went. We're very transparent about where it went in terms of player expenses, uh, medical, gear. A lot of this is GPA manda- mandated, and rightly so. Um, we were one of the people last year when we went down with Crow Park that there should be at least four sessions a week for our players, uh, and we'll stand over that again this year. And we carried big panels there in both. Um, we're extending out our development panels as well, so that our, our management have enough resource from a playing perspective. So, as I said, we can we know where it went. We're not surprised that it hit that figure, and um, you know it probably won't be a million miles off it again next year if we have the same success. So that's the cost of doing business. But I think the other thing that you spoke about when we, we talked a year ago was the opportunities that um, a county like Galway, but actually loads of counties have in tapping into uh, corporate finance and in tapping into forms of sponsorship in in energising the supporter base to buy your gear and to be consumers of your products and, and partners with you on that road so it's not you don't just view them as like potential revenue sources but like here is stuff that you would like to be involved in how can you help us and every time you help us it's going to help the, the, the various teams that you talk about and not just the senior inter-county team so how did you go about raising the revenue because you actually ended up with a surplus despite the fact that the spend is bigger than it ever has been before well that's the thing if, if we had a 400k uh, whole and we were spending two two million, we'd have serious problems. So no, we returned a deficit of about four hundred and ten k uh, in line with that. So fundraising um, a surplus, was, a surplus, yeah, a surplus. Sorry, yeah. So that was very strong, you know, in the year, and it could 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 will we expect that to be a lot more next year? Um, and we also have the issue, you know, we are paying back about three hundred and thirty k per year on on an outstanding loan, but that's in the background now. That's boxed away. It'll be gone by twenty twenty seven, and we're happy that that's looked after. We're we're only worried about the future but there's massive commercial confidence and and opportunity in Galway at the moment uh, there's a real uh, sense of people wanting to be interested as you said in the corporate sphere we raised in the region of 350,000 in 11 days um, between the All-Ireland fo- semi-final and the final so the interest was off the charts I have to say and again look at a lot of this is down to the success of your teams but also off the field just letting people know where it goes uh, what it's for how it works we've basically going as cashless as we can from a ticketing perspective even for the All-Ireland final tickets so just best practice in a range of, of areas is bringing that confidence forward uh, as I say we had our new deal a couple of weeks ago where you know there was interest in in the Galway brand and it managed to get us the best possible deal with 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 Pass and, and Supermax who were the incumbent and very determined to hold on to it and again for anyone to invest 2.25 million in you over five years whether you win a match or not uh, is pretty unprecedented if you look into the nature of most most of the agreements out there, a lot of them are heavily performance driven. I think this is really important to just um, to tease that out a little bit because there was a period uh, during the, the previous sponsorship where 
supermarkets had issued questions about where's our money going we want some transparency so to me that's like one of those deals like well this deal is going to reach the end and then never again so obviously you've managed to fix that relationship and and deepen it and they clearly feel like they're getting the level of transparency and reporting that they need to feel like their money is being well spent yeah, and Pat have said that at the launch, you know, and to be fair, again, he's a very strong relationship with Mark Gotcha, our operations and finance manager, and Mike Burke, our treasurer. Um, they were relationship managers. They were, they've, they have a very strong relationship with Pat over the last couple of years. And similarly, when I came in, I couldn't say uh, only good things about it. And the past was the past. And I produced a, a vision statement of where things were going. And I think, I think they were very happy with that. And, and they've seen it reflected. So, you know, they've endorsed that. A five year agreement in the current climate is not easily got either. Um, so that that was kind of a reflection of confidence in in the teams uh, and in the board, as I said, particularly with the with the base level that's going in, no matter what. And you know, we we've a bonus structure in place that I think Pat will be very determined that we reach that as well with success on the field. I'm sure the Pure Stadium naming rights, uh, Paul, which have been mooted for for a while, will be a bit of a boost next year as well. That'll be after Christmas, I assume. Yeah, there's there's talks ongoing in that position. There again, there's interest. Um, if the deal is right for us, we'll do it. I think a naming right position is can be emotive enough. So it just has to be the right fit for us, and uh, and we have options in that regard. The main one for us, Shane, is is the lights in Pier Stadium um, for the league in 2024. That's our real ambition now at the moment it's it's probably not acceptable in this day and age that a county the status of Galway in, in hurling and football hasn't the ability to have Saturday night games or um, you know even for club at the latter end of the season so that's very much the next, the major strategic project in Galway at the moment we've got a good bit of funding put aside for that but we, we will need a final push uh, to get that over the line as well um, you know that's that's that'll be one of the final pieces to cap off. I think on the commercial and, and fundraising side, and uh, it's all systems go on that front. You wouldn't stick some heaters in maybe to hit the Pier Stadium as well. Uh, I, was, I was I was in it on Sunday, and uh, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with you. But it was December, um, so it was um, yeah. It's uh, it was cold. It was cold on Sunday. But look, it's it's Saturday night games. I think if you mix it up a bit, we often hear bits about Pier Stadium been. You know, not the ideal venue. Again, a lot of that can turn into a bit of myth as well. You know, traffic, etc. It wasn't really brilliant traffic plans this year in conjunction with the council and uh, and the guards, and and it worked out pretty well for the intercounty games. So, but Saturday night games bring a bring a different element to it. Uh, it'd be great for the city as well and for for the Salt Hill area. So, people have plenty of chance to warm up afterwards. The other thing that I wanted to ask you about was the cashless stuff. Um, we're seeing very many counties report a surge in. Uh, gate receipts from club matches. Now it might be because the club matches are in a better time of the year and it's going to be very interesting to see over the next couple of years as we trace trends. How important is going cashless do you think in, in helping to boost the coffers, not just in, in Galway but nationally? Yeah, I mean it, we, we we were about I think just over 80% cashless this year. We left a turnstile option for uh, pretty much for OAPs. We had a big discussion about it. We left it. We charged um, we charged more then for for non OAPs for people that were coming up in the day to disincentivize uh, you know people paying cash. Um, so <coughs> excuse me. So yeah, it is the way forward. Um, you're also from a planning perspective, Joe. We're just saying we know how much tickets we've sold in advance from a stewarding point of view, from a data perspective. It, it's excellent. Um, you know. The two million figure was always going to jump out on on um, spend, but the big story for us internally here in Galway again is our club game generated 1.4 million, 
uh, this year. Uh, 1.2 million of that in gates, the rest in streaming and commercial income. Uh, it's off the charts. I, I really hard, find it hard to explain. Um, like that is the big story for, for a clo- county scene, a club scene to generate 1.4 million. And do you um, have any idea, Paul, what that would have been before the pandemic? So is there anything that you can kind of... Our, the last comparable figure was just under the million in 2019. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so a thirty-five to forty percent increase. It's a significant increase, and it's the growth and popularity of our games. You know, um, look at I'm I'm a big fan of the split season. I'm not going to mince my words on it. I I actually think you're going to see a lot of surpluses in the next few weeks, and I think there's a message in there somewhere that club club games it'll never replace the county game. I've never been a a fan of this. I've often heard it been said. I know it's heard it on this show a lot as well. You know, oh, the club is a good product and all this. It's not. It's a local product, but that's okay too. And uh, I, I, I am a big advocate for. I know there's certain areas where we think there's losses, but I think counties are becoming more sustainable and ability to stand on their own feet because of when the games have been played, because of the interest generated in them. Um, so for me, from that perspective, I, I just think no more than the age grade piece, which which I don't know. Do we, we don't even want to touch that. Well, well, no, I, I, I do, yeah. yeah. We, we could be here for an hour. But again, can we not just leave things for a couple of years and see how they go? Because we have this habit in the GA of changing something after one year or two years when we don't fully know what's working or what's not working. And I would say, that is the split season perfect? No. Is it better than anything we've had before? Absolutely, yes. Before touching the edge grade thing, uh, Paul, can I just, uh, it was interesting to see comments from John Costello out of the Dublin GA um, annual report. He was talking about this national coaching and development funding. Um, and of course, there's been changes to qualifying criteria. And he was pointing out that it means there's an annual coaching cut into the capital of, of €447,000. Um, does this affect Galway in a similar vein? Do you have any it, sympathy it, for Dublin? Or? It, it, uh, it doubles Galway's funding, but we're not happy with that. You know, there was the John Connell motion last year, which we were much more in favour of, that was membership-based. Galway and Cork had got the rawest deal possible from a coaching funding perspective for years, and we've always been you know, pretty annoyed about that. Uh, the John Connell motion went forward last year, which would have given us in the region of three-quarters of a million to 800,000 in funding. Uh, we've ended up with about 550, up from something in the two hundreds so obviously that's positive but again you always want more um so we want an equitable funding model of course in fairness to john that that's a massive hit in terms of what you had but relatively speaking uh sympathy wise i've had to look after galway cork have to look after cork and we're only coming back to some form of parity now in terms of our membership relative to what we had been receiving it always struck me that um the 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 way that this conversation works is pitting counties against each other as opposed to actually I always feel like if the counties got together and decided that they were going to tell Croke Park what was going to happen there might be a better way of doing this it, it feels a little bit like um, the, the the funding in Dublin was designed to try and get the urban centres uh, GA coaching at a level that was going to allow them to be competitive with other sports and like just as a general kind of we don't fund sporting uh, sport properly in the country and we're starting to get to a point where our funding matches other European countries or New Zealand or Australia but we're not there yet I actually feel like you're right you should get the same as 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 Dublin but Dublin shouldn't be cut you guys should just be getting more yeah. it turns out that the GA 
does generate loads of cash because they don't have to pay the players and they're filling massive stadiums. You know, I, there's definitely a way for the money to be generated and spent more equitably. But I, I think it, there was always a, like, oh, the dubs. And I'm not accusing you of that, but certainly we in yeah. the media were always guilty of like, oh, the dubs are getting too much. It's a disaster. It's like, pay everybody else more. It, it, it doesn't all have to be relative to each other, as you rightly say. You know, can you not look after the issues where they are? And uh, and it was very successful. Let's let's be honest. And and they were, they were risks at the time in the capital. I think the big one for me, and I've raised this at, at coaching development level in, in Crow Park, is what I think is there needs to be an urban strategy. And an urban strategy in Dublin doesn't look too different from an urban strategy in Galway, Belfast, Limerick, Waterford. That's where I have, have my concerns going forward. Is that that's where the strategy piece and the money to match should go. Um, we'll always work different parts of Galway, rurally, etc. We'll always, you know, a certain amount will always look after that. So that's where my piece has come from, is the, the urban strategy needs to be matched across the country. And I, I, look, I wouldn't disagree with anything you have to say. I think there's enough to go around and it shouldn't be about taking away to satisfy, you know, possibly some competitive intra-county uh, grudges between people there, there should be enough to go around yeah I, I agree and I think the urban strategy is, is a great idea and I, I don't is, it, is that being adopted there is no there is no concrete urban strategy and I've had it said to me a couple of times oh every city is different like, mm, not really not really most yeah. of them have the same challenges same issues same problems and I think if there's one thing and I said it was only two weeks ago we had a call with coaching and games and I did push it again you know there should be an urban strategy devised for the for the for the GA because um, it's where I think it's where the next big battleground from a participation um, issue is. Well, surely somebody like the ESRI could easily come up with uh, here's the definition of an urban area. These are the ones that, that would qualify, and that's where we start with, and we roll it out, you know, to smaller towns which also have uh, dense populations if we need to, as and when. Like you, yeah. you got to think twenty twenty five years in these types of projects because the impact of the 2025 years of investment in Dublin is starting to manifest itself and like let, let's let's try and make it as equitable as possible without costing the the GA communities who have been successful uh, the funding because there's going to be job losses and like I you know I, I'll see the impact of that in, in my local club and be like this doesn't actually make any sense when actually there's a way of funding this so that everybody feels like they're getting the same but sorry we, we went down that tangent let's talk about the underage stuff because you, you did um, speak about this very strongly in your statement um, what, what's your view where, where should we be going with this um, yeah, like as I said, you could do you could do one of your shows that you do on a Saturday. You could spend two hours. I I'd be annoyed at some of what's going on in terms of the emotive narrative out there. You know, we're losing players. Like Jay's always lost players. You know, I played under twenty one, what fifteen, sixteen years ago. We struggled to field. It narrows down. You come up along, you do lose players. But this thing, we're losing them to rugby and soccer uh, as if it never happened before. This emotive argument about 18, you know, it has to be 18. I just don't think you can have your cake and eat it. Decoupling is one of the most important things that has ever happened in the GA. From it. And it's not just about making fixtures' lives easier. It's actually about making clubs and players' lives easier. There is no way in a dual county, Ger, that you can have an 18-year-old playing minor at 18 allowed play adult and then expect to put a competition in between 18 and adult at under 20 or under 21 level. It is just absolutely not feasible in a county like Galway. And to be honest, I don't think a dual county who promotes the game equally, who spends their money equally and, and you know, has more people playing games than any other counties should be punished that, that you end the dual player. Because let's be very clear, that's what would happen if you allow 18, if you allow minor to go to 18 
and allow them play adults. That is what's going to happen. I mapped it out at convention. It would mean in Galway that an 18-year-old in a dual club or a dual area um, would be playing eight games in 16 days um, over a three-month period, a 12- to 14-week period. What would it mean? It would mean the end of the dual player. What would it also mean? It would mean the end of the age grade above 18. Uh, at 20 or 21, that would just disappear. And that would create the next problem of where there's no um, pathway through. So look, we're now Claring Galway. I do understand this and I and I know this might it might bore people to tears. We're at 13, 15, 17. We run 19s at football, 20s at hurling and then up into adult. We've never had more people playing the games in Galway. We've never had more participation. We've never had more teams coming through to the very end at adult level, which is what it's all about. And I just think there's been a failure in some departments to run competitions above 17 that are really, truly meaningful. And I think it's just got a little bit lazy that, no, it didn't work at the time. The 19 competition was a disaster. Well, when was it played? Uh, you know, were you strong enough with your clubs or were your clubs strong enough to put priority on those grades. We had two very successful competitions this year. Our under-20 hurlers got a minimum of six games and our under-19 footballers got a minimum of nine. And our participation rates were up in the 90% in the championships. And no, some clubs weren't happy. I'm not going to come on here and say it was, you know, perfect. It wasn't. But it was it was a proper games programme all the way through. And I'm, I'm just sticking, sticking with it. And uh, if Anton comes in that doesn't allow us to do that it would be it would be devastating in Galway so I just think there needs to be a lot more uh, data evidence uh, and uh, facts in this debate rather than the emotive one yeah. like the split season in some ways well I was going to say it goes back to your first point about we have this tradition of throwing stuff out before it really gets the opportunity to bet in for fear it might work like there's definitely yeah, exactly do you know um it, it, it strikes me that there hasn't been a, a lot of leadership on this, like because they made they made these changes on the basis of long form, longitudinal studies that suggested this was the best thing to do. It it got put through, but then now it has no champion. I don't know who, I don't know who to talk to to go. Well, why did you do this in the first place? Remind everybody about that. Try and carry the day about the argument. It's like, ah, oh, look, we tried. Sure, what can we do? I would agree with you. I mean, has anybody come out like and said that's the end of the dual player if this goes through? Has anybody said the problems it will create um, that there'll be no pathway after eighty? You know, and this again is about the elite player. But look at from a leadership perspective, I, I don't disagree. I think someone has to nail the colours to the mast here and explain. Be very clear of what the repercussions of this. Not drift back into a vote of Congress that could have massive repercussions. And I look at I'm more concerned about the, the club piece on that front because look at the GA is a participatory sport. I love the intercounty. Don't don't get me wrong. I've been involved. In it. It's great, but the club stuff is GA is not a spectator sport. It is a participatory sport. And if we don't keep players playing and clubs thriving, then that there won't be a whole lot left to watch. So I'm passionate about it. On the inter-county age grades, we're actually quite agnostic here in Galway, whether it's 17 or 19 or 18 or 20, because it doesn't matter as much at inter-county because, again, the idea that you're losing an elite player there, again, factually, data-wise, not the case. They might not all make, they can't all make it at adult level. You're yeah. only allowed to put out 15, but they're all playing club. Everyone that played for Galway minor 
hurling and football over the last year they're all still playing club and whatever our big thing in Galway is and there's probably going to be a bit about it in the next while we're still fuming over our, the way our under 17s in hurling are in no man's land well, I, I, okay I, I actually I, I, I wanted to bring that up because um, my, my background is a hurling background it's clear yours is too it always struck me that like hurling people are hurling people up until it might cost them a medal or their under, underage team a medal yeah um, it's funny you say that we're 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 just in the, going through it at the moment. We're, we're we're pretty annoyed, and again, it goes back to a leadership element. We put in the request again this year. Fergal Healy is involved. He's over our minor uh, team. He's all genuinely focused on development. He was in with the seniors a couple of years ago. Completely flipped his mindset in terms of what minor should be about, uh, in terms of development, and uh, we're that's where we're going. We would rather play five games and lose in All-Ireland than play two and win one. You know, that's genuinely where we're at. And I mean that. Our minor footballers last year won All-Ireland. Great. Didn't win a Connacht title. Played nine games. And they got so much better throughout. But they deserve the same amount of opportunity to play nine games as did Mayo, as a Galway team does against a Clare or a Tipperary. So we've asked a few times and we've got pushed around. No, no, it's CCC's decision. No, no, it's development CCC. No, sorry, we'd love to let you in, but Leinster won't let you in. Leinster, no, no, it's not us. It's the individual counties. So we've put a motion to Crow Park. Let's see, will it get on the floor? I'd have my my concerns about that. Um, uh, it's just it's just a real frustrating element that this this is going on in this day and age. Another one another one that I really want to tackle, and it, it's good to have the platform to do it. There's been this little thing thrown out whenever there's been a response from national level. Oh, Galway wanted everywhere. Their club teams. We'll go into Leinster in the morning on club. We'll go into Munster in the morning in club. Put us wherever you want from a club perspective in hurling. We've never, ever held this position that we wanted it every every way ourselves, you know. Um, we will start at the first round of every competition and only and only rightly so. I think that's the I think you could accept that's that's the way it should be. It doesn't make any sense for the Leinster counties or the Leinster Council to hold the position they hold. It would greatly enhance the quality of competition at all levels to have another county in playing it doesn't make any sense I, I like either they are hurling people or they aren't yeah and I think that's why we want to get it to the floor of Congress to see you know let's let's stop the hiding now and who who is who is it because look again we're spoiled with the people we have involved with Fergal with Joe Canning a few of these guys grades but these guys these guys are training the training ratio they have no matches to play right mm-hmm. by the time Galway play uh, a Munster or a Leinster team next year in the round robin that's currently uh, envisaged, the other team will have played five games. Now, how anyone thinks that is fair or equitable, and look, we have a very good minor team next year. You know, we may win it, we may not. Uh, again, I would genuinely, every one of those those management team would be in a position where they'd, they'd give it up in the morning. And, you know, we've a, we've a lot to do on our own side of the house, don't get me wrong, I can't put everything on that. We've often talked about the why has the leap never gone through from minor to adult? That's that's what we're fixing at the moment. We had a fantastic launch last night in the Clayton Hotel with Satanta College, um, a partnership for all our underage squads with under the tutelage of Des Ryan. Des, who you probably know from, from Arsenal. So Des is going to take over that side of things in partnership with Satanta for us. But these are the things we have to do now just to just to stay busy when we're not playing games. Paul, what's the, what's the single biggest issue or concern facing county boards heading into to 2023? Oh, that's a that's a good question. I think from our perspective, from I like the volunteer piece to me is one I'd be most worried about. You know, and I, I mean that. I know that might 
uh, certain countries have financial issues. Just just looking forward, um, the level of professionalism on the field, and obviously we spent two million. I don't want to speak outside both sides of my mouth, but uh, we ran Galway GA this year. You know, four point five million business with five permanent staff and an officer base that claimed one hundred and twenty eight euros in expenses. Now, that's extremely unsustainable. Uh, going forward. Um, I think uh, you, you have to have that level of energy and commitment um, is great, but how long can you keep it going? I, I think that to me, I can see it in clubs as well and in county boards, is is the time and the resource to keep counties uh, up uh, with on the field. I think that's a massive, massive threat. And I, I know people will laugh at me and say, you spent two million, you're making it a lot worse for, for others. But that to me would be across the board the biggest threat to county boards going forward it's uh, it's definitely and it's a threat to all of society that isn't full-time professional in mm. in all sports and we hear from everybody hey, paul it's always really interesting to talk to you i think we're going to follow up on um the success or otherwise of that motion to get the underage teams into leinster because it just doesn't make any sense so um thanks a million for explaining all that too because I, I do think that it's important that we get to see how how county boards can turn things around really quickly with the the right people and a clear vision and also the support of uh, you know great management teams yeah. a clear volunteer ethos and then also um, just how how it should look when it's run properly so um, hopefully we got to, to get talk through all that great to have you with us Paul thanks a million thanks very much lads cheers OTB AM with Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.